All right. It's a little bit strange, quite strange actually. Because, you know, you're supposed to pray, sing, and then put the preacher in the mood. <laughs> so, anyway, let's pray. And so, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be here this morning. And uh, we thank you for this new year you've given us. We pray for victory in the new year. We know in your own economy there is no time. But for our benefit, we have time and seasons. And this is a new year. I pray that uh, you help me as I share a few thoughts this morning. That it will be a blessing to your people. Pray for Sunday school, that it will be a blessing to the children. Pray for all those listening online, that they will be blessed as well. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you've been around for a while, you know I'm supposed to be on the cross, right? That's where I'm supposed to be. That was the plan. The plan is to continue, and the plan is to continue. But I... I felt I should say a few things for 2020. 2022. <laughs> yeah, I felt I should say, I should say, you see, that's why you need to sing first. <laughs> but but we, are not allowed, we are not allowed to sing first. So. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway. All right. 2022, the year 2022 will mark a new year for me. During this year, I'll be 30 years in Canada. That's a long time to, to live in the same place. And uh, Nick, I need that thing there. So I'll be 30 years in Canada. So uh, I'll start with questions for you uh, this uh, morning. I'm going to share a few thoughts. and I'm going to be talking about a, a thief. You know that you shouldn't allow. So um, if I was preaching on the cross, it would have probably been on the thief. So... A thief will be spoken about. So making the most of 2022. So this message is for me, is for you, is for all of us. I, I have a sense that uh, we have been robbed of 2020 and 2021. And some of that robbery we, is self-inflicted. And we don't want to be robbed of 2022. So, a very well-loved song. So as you think about 2022, think about Christ. In Christ alone my hope is found. It's a wonderful song. My light, my strength, my song. You know, I love to sing, so <clears throat> I know this song from the very first verse to the last there. And if you if you don't know it, uh, something called Spotify it exists and give you endless stream, so you should know it because it's a good song to sing. So, 
I was thinking maybe I could sing it by myself. One person is allowed to sing. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depth of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand. A, lo- a wonderful song. So I do have a question for you. So where do you live? Well, somebody can say I live at uh, 124 Ashgrove. That's where I live. And another person will say I live on Hampton Green or wherever else you live. But that's not the question, actually. Is that where do you live mentally? I'll maybe phrase it differently. Where do your thoughts usually travel when you have free time? Or maybe let's phrase it a little bit different. Where was your thought traveling last year and the year before? I suspect that the, your thoughts were somewhere when you had free time. So that's actually where you live. So, and where do you want to live in 2022? We have the freedom to choose where to live. I'm not saying you should park from your house at uh, 121st Grove and move to Cape Breton. And that's not what I'm saying, but we have the freedom to choose. Now, One of the choices that others have made for us and we've bought into it is that we have lived in a state of heightened anxiety. And so joy seems to have disappeared. Everybody seems to be tense. Everybody seems to be uptight. Everybody, don't come near me. And in my headspace, that is not a good place for the believer to live. And I'm hoping that we will share a few thoughts that will help us along this line. So, freedom. Those are great words. I'm sure you've heard of freedom. No, the freedom, Canada, Chattel, right, and freedom and all of that. But I want to say a few things on freedom. It's a gift. And it... God that gives us freedom because we are made in the image of God. Unlike other creatures, we have made in the image of God. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he the male and female. That's what it says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. I make sure that my kids memorize that verse when they were young. God created man in his image. In the image of God created Edom male and female. So, and he gave us minds so that we might think freely. 
You will agree with me that I can't get into your mind, but you think freely. You think about all kinds of things. In fact, you can right now be thinking, <laughs> what is Ime saying? You should get on with the business. So you have the mind to think freely. He gave us heart so that we might choose to love, love freely, and also will so that we might obey freely. It's all free because this is a gift from God. So, we're made to love, to know, and to obey. So with our minds, we are free to understand and know God's plan. I'm sure we read some of it this morning. And also, with our hearts, we are free to love and adore God. That's why we sing, you know, Tolu will raise up his hand like that, you know, and then go like that. So, so that we can worship, we can adore God with our hearts, with our lips, and he gave us will so that we can obey his instruction. So that's freedom. Freedom, this freedom that God has given us cannot be taken. It's not subject to country or to boundaries. It's a gift given to everyone. I want to tell you, you know, it cannot be taken so you have the freedom that God has given you. So, we have the freedom to choose, and we are also free to make wrong choices. So that, that exists. And that's why I'm asking, where do you live? So the Lord Jesus Christ uh, showed up on the scene. And one of the earliest declarations of the Messiah's mission is this, Isaiah chapter 61 from verse 1 to 2. Isaiah wrote 750 years around there before he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord anointed me to bring good news to the captives. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim release to captives and freedom to prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So at the age of 30, when the Lord Jesus began his ministry, he was baptized by John the Baptist, and God's spirit came upon him like a dove, and the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and then he moved into the desert and was tempted by the enemy, and then he returned to where he was born, where he grew up. He was in the synagogue. Let's read. So when Jesus came, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And a scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So, and he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the people in the synagogue were intently directed at him. Now he began to say today, to them today, this scripture has been fulfilled 
in your hearing. Let me say categorically, if you are a child of God, you have been set free. The Lord Jesus declared categorically, he says, if the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. So you are not in prison. And every year that you are a child of God is a favorable year. Every year. Every moment. Because you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means you have freedom. From sin. From judgment. From fear. From discouragement. But you can still make choices. With your freedom, you can still make choices. And that's why I want to challenge us to think about where we live. Uh, I will come to maybe one point towards the end, but hopefully that will be covered. My wife told me this message is short, and I said, yes, it's short, so that people can remember. If I drum on for too long, they won't remember. So there we go. Freedom to choose. So I like to read. You notice today I'm going to re- be reading passages. Passages. But I am heading towards one theme. The freedom to live in joy. That's where I'm heading. And I'm heading towards one of that theme. The greatest thief in the known universe that has kept us in prison. But you have the freedom to not let the thief keep you in prison. So keep that in mind. So freedom to choose. We have this freedom. So let's read a few things here I want to contrast. In Matthew chapter 6 from verse 19 to 24, the Lord Jesus made this statement, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. He was speaking. So keep that in mind. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He gave us heart to love. And remember, that's what I said, you know, the heart to love. So notice, two storehouses, treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. Everybody makes a choice where they want to store their treasure. You either store it in heaven or you store it on earth. Everybody determines what is valuable and what is important to them. So Jesus is counseling. He says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. Don't get so wrapped up in earth stuff that, you know, this is all you live for. You wake up Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. It's all, how can I acquire more? How can I store up more treasure? I say, don't do that. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And then he says, the eye is the lamp of the body, so then if your eyes is clear, your whole body will be full of light. 
But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. And notice, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Again, the choice is God or wealth in terms of who is your master. We have the freedom to make that choice. Again, Jesus is speaking there. Now let's keep going. For this reason, this is still a continuation of the same passage from verse 25 to 34. For this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life. I'm sure I've preached on this topic a few times and I still feel that I need to preach to myself. Maybe not you, but to myself. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for what your body, uh, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather crops in bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor nor do spin thread for clothes. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, Will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then saying, what are we to eat or what are we to drink or what are we to, to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, notice that, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided to you, so do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So where do you live? I know in the modern day, most people live with their electronic device. But when they have a free time, where do they live? I would like to suggest to you worrying about either today or tomorrow. And I'd like to suggest to you that the media has done a fantastic job of keeping us worried. Even if you don't want to be worried, all you need to do is to take your electronic device. News. You know what news is? It has to be bad. The weather is never 80% sunny. It's usually 20% cloudy, you know, with something. 
nothing positive. And so you read, read, read news. Prepare for the storm is coming. It's almost at your door. So, and we feed our mind all of this information and during our free time, we are worried. We are preoccupied and worried that the world is going to come to an end and, you know, woe is me. So I want to suggest to you that when the Lord Jesus spoke on this topic, as you can see, he understood that we are prone to worry. We are prone to anxiety, and that's why he was warning, for, I, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. Now, like I said, I'm preaching to me, not just you, I'm preaching to me. Don't be worried. And, uh, and then says, and which of you by worrying can add a single day to his lifespan? The implied answer is that nobody. So worry doesn't increase your lifespan. I think it shortens it. And I think it creates many other problems. And that's why we are counseled, don't worry. Don't worry. Somehow I feel that the major issue here is not food, it's not clothing. It's not way to live. It seems for the most of us that's settled. The major issue now is uh, iPhone, what? The one that they're dreaming of. How am I going to get that? So, uh, you know, our worry or concerns have passed the basics and moved into luxuries. And so we are pounded to worry and we have dedicated ourselves to worrying and anxiety. I go into work. Sometimes people that we rub hands together, as soon as the news comes up, next moment is, oh, stay away from me. You know, and I walk on the streets with people, and as soon as the news come up, you know. So, and so our program said now is, if, if you are not worried, it's like you are not normal. If you are not anxious, it's like, what is wrong with you? So we have to make a choice as believers. Where are we going to live? And the Lord Jesus said, don't be worried. So, let's move on. Come on. So, here Jesus was speaking about soils. He spoke about four kinds of soil. And then he interpreted what it meant. So let's just read this. The sower sowed the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word of God is sown. And when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown. In a similar way, these are the ones sown with seed on a rocky place who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And yet they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately they fall away. Notice the one I've highlighted. And others are the ones sown with seed among the thorns. God's word. Now what are the thorns? These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So God's word will not make an impact in your life if it is sown among thorns 
And what are thorns? The worries of this world. The deceitfulness of wealth. And the desires for other things enter and choke the world. And it becomes unfruitful. Let me move on. Because my wife said it will be short. It might end up being long. (laughs) I don't want it. God intends for believers or doesn't intend for us to be prisoners of worry and anxiety. And I want to suggest to you, when we are anxious, it's wrong thinking in the mind or wrong feeling in the heart about circumstances, people, and things. So, and believe me, these last two years, you know, it's, joy has been squeezed out. It's very hard to find joy. You know, and I want to live in 2022 with joy in spite of the circumstances and in spite of the situation. So I want to live in 2022 with joy. So when we are anxious, we focus on the wrong things, the word of God is chokes up, and then motivation for joy is cut off. And and you can agree with me that it's the greatest thief of joy. I can't even see your faces. But for the most part, it's all... Don't talk to me, right? So the dangerous thing is that it is an insider's job. It's all inside, but it shows up outside. So it's time to get freedom from this enslavement. And that's what I want to suggest. I don't want to dwell on this, but how? Freedom. (laughs) Now, I'm going to propose to you that you need to go and study the book of Philippians. Philippians was written by Apostle Paul when he was a prisoner. He was chained between two guards. And during that time, he wrote Philippians. Now, Of all the New Testament books that are available there, it is the book that talks about joy. Joy. And I want to suggest to you, it's time to restore joy to your life. And to have the right focus. That's what I want to suggest. At least within that book, there are at least 14 times that the word rejoice or joy is mentioned. Within that book, at least there is 41 times in which Christ, it's only four chapters, is mentioned. So there's so much packed there that should lift up your spirit and give you the impetus to have joy. It's a book that is rich, quite rich. Uh, One of the main themes of Christology, or Christology is there. In chapter 1, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, even though he was God. And then you keep going. Paul will say, whatever things were gained for me, these have counted loss for Christ. And then he will say things like, my goal is to know him better. He will say things like, our citizenship is in heaven for whom we eagerly wait for the Savior to come. He will say things like, but my God shall supply all your needs 
according to his riches in glory. He will say things like, I've learned to live in abundance. I've learned to live in want. In all state, I have learned the secret of being content. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we live in a new world in which you can get the word of God to be played to you. And so at some point you start living it. You know, when you play it a few times, you know, so I'm going to suggest to you go to that book because it's good. Notice, I'm going to Philippians 4, 4 to 9. I'm going to give you three points on living with joy. Three points, only three. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. The man is in prison, chained between two guards. The man has no clue when he's going to be removed and executed. And he's writing, rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Peace of God and the God of peace. All right, so four points for the year. This is where I'm hoping that you will live in this realm. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Say, yeah, it was easy for Paul to say that. No, it wasn't easy. He was imprisoned. He had no clue when he was going to be executed. But he had understood that our citizenship is not here. He had understood that even though he's imprisoned, nobody can take away his joy. The chains could not take away his joy. And so he commands us or he admonishes us, rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, how I need it. Because I tend to focus on the circumstances. I tend to focus on the people. I tend to focus on myself. And I don't focus on the Lord. I don't remember the fact that the Lord Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. 
I don't remember the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming for me. I don't remember the fact that the Lord Jesus is interceding for me. I don't remember the fact that he's holding me in his hands. I need to remember this. I need to remember this and find joy. Finding joy in the Lord. Oh, how I need to tune out. You know, when I, when I was growing up in my village, we used to listen to news once, maybe in the evening. The rest of our lives we were, you know, doing something else. But nowadays, as soon as I finish preaching, you are going to bring it out. And so we feed our mind all of these things. And I, how I wish I feed my mind the word of God the same way. So rejoice in the Lord always. Worry about nothing. Find joy in the Lord. That's the first point. He says, again I say rejoice. In fact, in chapter 3, verse 1 of Philippians, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. He says, to me, you know, writing this to you might seem tedious, but it is safe. You need to remember this. And I just stuff like, beware of dogs, beware of all of this. For we are the circumcision that worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So find joy in the Lord. Choose to live in that realm this year. That's the first point. Point number two. Do not be anxious about anything. It's easy for Paul to say, no, it wasn't easy. He wasn't sure how long he was going to live. It wasn't easy, but he says, don't be anxious. In fact, he's repeating what Jesus said, what we read before. But in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I'd like to suggest to you that part of the reason why we are anxious is because we don't make our requests known. Sometimes we think, oh, this thing is too small to talk to God about. There's no point. Oh, this thing is too big. But he says, in what? Everything. Small, big, and everything in between. Make your request known and add thanks to that. Notice, and the peace of God. It doesn't say that God will always give you your request. But it does say that he will give you something that exceeds your request. The peace of God that surpasses comprehension. What will he do? Will guard your heart and mind. Let me put it this way. will help you to live in the realm where you are pleasing to God. God. God's peace guard your heart and your mind. God's peace will allow you to think the right thoughts. God's peace will allow you to uh, reflect the right attitude. So worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Point number three. Notice. I picked this translation because it's good. Philippians 4, 8 says, and now brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Somebody was as opposed to lies. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So where do you live? Where is your thoughts? He says we need to fix it on things that are true, on things that are honorable, on things that are right, pure, lovely, and admirable. He said think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let me suggest to you one of those things that is true, honorable, and worthy of praise. Psalm 119, verse 7 to 8. Notice this. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right. Bringing joy to the heart. And the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight, giving insight for living. So what's that? That is pure, honorable, and true. The word of God. The word of God. We've been asked to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been asked to pray about everything. And we've been asked to fix our mind and thoughts on the word of God. My question to you is, what priority do you give to this word? There is truth here. It's perfect, it's trustworthy, it's right, and it's clear. So, we need to fix our mind and our thoughts on this. So, let's go back. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Don't forget this. Fix your thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Things about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Worry about nothing. Think or meditate on God's word. Remember when Joshua was about to enter the promised land? What did Moses say to him? This book of the law shall not depart. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That you may have good success. And you'll be prosperous. So many other books. CNN. CBC. CTV. Those are the ones that are not departing. And we are meditating therein. No wonder we don't have good success. So we need to fix our minds on the word of God. Meditate or think on God's word. All right. Three points. As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. 
So how do you think Paul was able to cope imprisonment with an uncertain future? He was imprisoned, he was bound, he was a man that was used to traveling. I was reading that the man traveled at least 3,000 miles preaching the gospel. And suddenly they locked him up and imprisoned him. How do you think he was able to withstand all of that? I'd like to suggest to you that he practiced these things. He found his joy in the Lord. He prayed about everything. And he focused on the word of God. So even though the guards were there, he could say things like, there are a lot of people that are preaching. And they're preaching because they want to cause me trouble. Go back, go and read Philippians. He said, it doesn't matter that they want to cause me trouble. I rejoice because Christ is preached. So he, he fixed his mind on the Lord. He prayed about everything. And he fixed his mind on the word of God. He remembered the promises of God. As one has put it, Christians do not live on explanations. They live on promises. And there are so many promises in the word of God to give us strength for the journey. So, practice these things. Worry about nothing. Say, email is easy for you to say. It's not easy. Because I also have my list of things that I want to worry about. They're already lined up. Just like you have yours. And that's why the instruction is always rejoice in the Lord. That's why we sing. People don't understand that. We sing because some of the words bring joy to our heart. They remind us of the God that we serve. So we can find joy outside of ourselves. And pray about everything. Meditate on the word of God. This guaranteed outcome. The peace of God. It's guaranteed that you have that under the God of peace. Worry is essentially the wrong thoughts, the wrong feelings, and lack of peace. But when we do these things, we are guaranteed two things. The peace of God and the God of peace will be with us. Practice these things. Practice these things. The wonderful hope for our peace is the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing too great for its power and nothing too small for its care. Three points are worry about nothing, four. So that one is actually, I wanted to put a, something like this, worry about nothing, pray about everything, rejoice in the Lord, meditate on the word of God. It seems so simple. I'm sure somebody will say, I thought he was going to tell me something that I don't know before. No. We need to do what we know. The Lord Jesus Christ said, if you know these things, blessed are ye if you do them. So you're going to step out and you're going to get into the world. You're going to be home. You're going to determine where you live. May I suggest to you that you keep a journal? That maybe on a daily basis that you can write 
where you are living. You know, where was my mind all over today? And ask God to grant you the grace. Meditate on the word of God. Pray about everything. Like Warren says, push. Pray until something happens. And uh, rejoice in the Lord. That's my message to you and me for the year. If we do these things, I think the media and the rest of them will live in their bubble. We will live in our own bubble. And uh, people will think we are weird because we are operating in a different bubble. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I just ask that you give us joy this year, that we'll find joy in the Lord. Help us to put our anxiety on that check and look to you. You've given us instructions in your word to guide us, to lead us, and to direct us. I pray that 2022 will be a joy-filled year for us because we have a great God who loves us and gave himself for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.